Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, reading from verse 1. Amen. God is good. You glad to be in church today? It's great. It's just powerful. Love church. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. I'm actually going to be reading from the New Living Translation. And it says this. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He's the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. I'm so glad the verse doesn't stop, the Bible doesn't stop at verse 3, verse 4. But God is so rich in mercy and He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. It's only by God's grace that you have been saved. Let's pray. Father, I just thank You for Your Word and I thank You for Your love towards us, Lord God. I thank You that every time we read Your Word, uh, it just does something in our hearts and lives. It's a living Word. And I just pray today, Lord God, as we just open up the Scriptures together as, as Your people, Lord God, as a family here today, that You by the Holy Spirit would come and reveal truth to our hearts. Reveal one or two things that we need to do to change so that when we walk out of this place this week, we're going to live a different life this week because we heard the Word of God today. Our eternal destiny is going to be different because we heard the Word of God today. Come by Your Spirit. We bind every, every uh, spirit of fear and intimidation. Lord God, just let there be freedom. Let there be nothing in me that hinders the delivery of this Word, Lord God. Forgive me of my sins, Lord God. Let our ears be open to hear the voice of the Spirit, I pray. And we ask it in Jesus' Name. Amen and Amen. We're in a series entitled, But God. Two seemingly insignificant words, yet every time they appear in the Bible, what follows next is radical change, transformation. According to Martin Lloyd-Jones, he said, these two words in and of themselves contain the whole of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what's happened to you, there can be a but God moment in your life that radically changes who you were and who you are. And what God wants to do in your life. Can I hear an amen somewhere? We serve a God that in the midst of a sentence that describes our life, He can interrupt that sentence. How powerful is that? He can disrupt that sentence. He can insert two little words into that sentence and change the description of our destiny. It's the power of the but God in our lives and in our hearts. Last week, we looked at the power of these two words in the context of Joseph's life. Joseph said to his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God. Oh, how powerful is that? Come on, church. But God intended it for good. You planned 
You, you, you intended, you kind of manoeuvred, you, you were thinking in the, in the darkness of the night, how can I get him? You intended to harm me, but God was planning at the same time for your good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. The very thing we despise about our life may be the very thing that God uses to bring to our destiny. The very thing we hate about our lives, the very thing we're struggling with may be the very thing that God uses to bring to our destiny. It's a bit like a two-sided coin. Now we can look at our lives and just see the tails. And all we can see is one side of that coin. We, we, we can look at it and just see all the pain and the suffering. And we, we just, we're just focused on the pain and the suffering. We're just seeing one side of the coin. But God actually sees that same coin, that same coin. He sees, he sees something completely different. What He sees on this side of the coin is destiny. What, what He sees on this side of the coin, he, he sees the purposes of God. The big question for us is which side of the coin are we seeing? Are we seeing the painful side or are we seeing the destiny side? I want us to pray and believe God, help, help, help me to see this thing. Help me to see this situation with your eyes and with your perspective. We need to invite God into the pain. And like I said last week, it's just simply to pray a simple prayer. Lord, I, I don't know why, this, why you've allowed this. I don't know. And please, I never want to minimise people's pain. I never want to belittle people's pain. I never want to just kind of just go over it and just say, oh, that's nothing what you're going through. That's not true. Some of you have experienced incredible pain and we do need to grieve and we do need to cry out and we need to bring that pain to God. It's the greatest thing that we can do. Lord, I don't understand why this has happened. But I know that you're a good God. I, I know that you're a good God. I know that you're sovereign. I know that you're the creator of the heavens and the earth. I know that your name is Yahweh, the self-existent one. There is no power greater than you. Help me to see this from your perspective. Help me. Help me. We, we can either be wrapped up in the circumstance and why and why and if only and if only, or we can say, Take, take a few steps back and say, okay, God, you know, I, 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 I don't get this. I don't get it at all. But I know you're good and I know you're sovereign. Help me to see this from your perspective. And as we do, something begins to change. Slowly, sometimes, sometimes it takes time. It took 22 years for Joseph. Sometimes it takes time. But God begins to help us to work through that pain and helps us to... to, to to change the narrative and, and to see that from his perspective instead of our own. Amen. This morning is Baptism Sunday. And in the next service, we're going to be participating in a tradition the church has been practicing for over 2,000 years. But make no mistake, baptism is not something we do because it's a tradition or it's a ritual or a religious practice, something you need to, you know, there's a Are you baptized in water? Yes, a box to tick. So much more to it. It's a public declaration of our faith in Jesus Christ. It's saying before a group of people, you know what, as of today, I want you to know that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. It's a reflection of the change and the transformation that Jesus brings in our life. It's a testimony of the fact that we've been forgiven and washed clean. It's, it's kind of a symbol of that. You know, when something's dirty, you put it in water and, and after it's been in water, you know, it comes out clean. And, and this is kind of a symbol that we are, you know, filled with sin. And, and then we go into the water and we come out clean in Jesus' name. We've thrown a bit of white king in the water just to make sure you're really clean. Those guys are really clean, going to be really. 
They've got all kinds of colours that they walk in with, they go under the water with, and by the time they come, they're all white. <laughs> it's a declaration in the spiritual realm that says, I belong to Jesus. It's very powerful. It's probably the most powerful aspect about baptism. Apart from telling everyone that's watching that I'm getting baptised, it's a, it's a declaration in the spiritual realm that says, I belong to Jesus. We ask people some great, do you believe that Jesus died on the cross? Yes, I do. Are you willing to serve him all the Yes, I am. For richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, whatever happens, I'm going to serve Jesus all the days of my life. This morning, I want to briefly look at the two words, but God, in the context of the change that Jesus brings in our lives. Again, look, look, let's look at the, the text that we read very briefly. Once you were dead, because of your disobedience and your many sins. We weren't physically dead, but we were spiritually dead. He used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil. When we sin, we're actually obeying the devil. I mean, that's pretty clear, isn't it? The commander of the powers of the unseen world. He's the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way. I just love Paul. Let's just, just let's sit here for a bit, shall we? Following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. We turned our back on God. Paul is saying that there was a time where we were dead to God. We couldn't hear His voice, didn't know God. Did, did, we didn't listen to His teaching. For us, it was just another God, just another religion. We were walking in the opposite direction of God. I didn't want to know God. I didn't care about the things of God. Paul says we were dead to God and we used to follow the ways of the world. In other words, we didn't care what the Bible says. We used to just follow the culture, the majority. We didn't listen for God's wisdom. We didn't care about God. I don't want to hear those things about God. We turned our back towards God. And Paul says, oh, but God, but God. There's our two, our two words, but God, but God stepped in. Who is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, even though we had turned our back on God, even though we said, I don't want to know that stuff. Are you crazy? He gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. In this verse is one of the great doctrines of the Christian faith. It's the doctrine of regeneration or salvation. Regeneration is where we, something's dead and it comes alive again. It's where we suddenly become aware of God and as a result, everything changes in our lives. Our priorities change, our values change, we see differently suddenly. We're, we're alive spiritually. Suddenly there's, a, there's another realm that we're tapping into that we can see. It's the change that happens when we open our heart to God and invite Him into our lives. At one point, God is this distant God, means nothing to us. And suddenly, suddenly, it's, it's incredible. It's the miracle of salvation. Then suddenly everything comes alive. Suddenly a new world comes alive. Suddenly we go to work and we can see something that was always there, but, but now we see it with completely different eyes. We were dead in sin, but God, who is rich in mercy, who loved us so much, made us alive with Christ. Can I hear an amen? Someone who wants to thank God for that rich in mercy and love towards us. Come on, where would we be without Jesus? 
Where would we be without Jesus? Where would we be this morning without Jesus? Baptism is a symbol of that transformation. We go into the water and for one second you can't breathe, you're dead. It's a symbol, okay? It's symbolism of that. Some of them we want (coughs) to... It's like you're dead. And then you come up alive to Christ. Look how Paul puts it in, in, in Colossians. Look, look what he says. For you were buried with Christ. This is, this is baptism, okay? For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. One of the key verses in Ephesians 2, the text that we read, is verse 12. It says, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ without hope and without God in the world. So Paul outlines what happened when we came to Christ and and God, you know, by His mercy and grace saved us. And then he said, remember. And now why would Paul say remember? I think he'd say remember because we tend to forget. We tend to forget who we were and who we are now. And so this morning is Revision Sunday. Is that okay? You're not going to learn a lot new this this morning. It's Revision Sunday. Should have done a little test. Um, But we're going to be reminded of what it means to be alive to God. We're going to be reminded of what it means to be alive with God. Because I tell you what happens. We're walking this way and we come to know Jesus and our life changes and we start walking this way. But then slowly, at times, what can happen is we, we, we kind of start to walk a little bit backwards and we start going back to where we came from. So this morning, I want us to be reminded of what it means to be alive to God. I want to give you some of the markers that are evidence that we've been regenerated, that we've been changed, that something is there. You know, I, I, I just, I, I love talking to people in church. You know, one of the things that we do is we do lead people into a, a salvation prayer that invites Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. And you're certainly going to get an opportunity to, for that. And, and, you know, there's this belief that, you know, if I pray this prayer, that, you know, something's going to, you know, it's going to cause the miracle. It's the words of the prayer. It's not the words of the prayer. The prayer is important, by the way. I never want to minimize a prayer and in inviting Jesus Christ into our lives because that's where our Christian walk started. I don't want to minimize that at all. It's not about the prayer, it's about the heart. But you know, you can tell when someone's been changed. You can tell when someone's given their life to, to Jesus. You can tell, you can tell. I talk to people and you know, people that maybe come to church for a little bit of time and, and, and they, they start talking to me. I can tell by the language that they're using, whether they've been regenerated or not, whether they've been changed or not. You can tell. They haven't signed a piece of paper. They haven't done anything. You can just tell by the language that they're using that something's happened deep in their hearts. What does that look like? Let me give you a few things. And I just pray that the Holy Spirit will, will quicken us today. First is our perspective towards the Bible. For someone who's dead to God, the Bible is this book. It's just a historical, irrelevant, contradictory book. It has nothing to, to, to say about how I should live my life today. On the other hand, for someone who's alive to God, someone who's been changed, regenerated, someone's given their life to Christ, the Bible is not just some book, it's the Word of God. It's the Holy Bible. It's a sacred book. Listen to what the Bible says. For the Word of God is living and powerful. 
and sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. How powerful is the Word of God? You see, we can think, oh, you know, we can think that we can fool people and we can, we can fool those around us. You can't fool God. You certainly can't fool the Word of God. And as you're reading Scripture, it has the power like a sword to pierce your heart and reveal what's really in your heart, the motives of your heart. Paul says to Timothy, all Scripture is God-breathed. It has the breath of God. I mean, you want to hear the Word of God. And, oh, Pastor Joe, how do you hear the Word of God? I had a thought, is it God or not God? I don't know, sure, I'm not sure. Okay, that's something you need to work through. But there is no doubt that the Word of God is the Word of God. You can't, you don't say, well, is this the Word of God or not? This is the Word of God. Can I hear an amen? And it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. I like the teaching part. I don't really like the rebuking part. Anybody with me here? Yeah, if you have a couple of people. For someone who's come alive to God, the Bible is, is the Word of God. And one of the ways that God speaks to us is through the Word. You can be going through something. You know this. It's revision, remember. You've, you've, you have to make a decision you don't know what to do. Maybe an issue you're struggling with. And as you read the Word, it comes alive, speaks to you. And strangely, you want to read more and more. Just can't wait to read the Word. How do you know if you're regenerated? Well, it's, you've got a different attitude towards the Word of God. Now, Pastor Joe, we know all of this. Yeah, okay. How much time did we spend in the Word this week? How much time did we actually spend in the Word this week? I'm not saying how many, you know, hours did you spend in the Word? Just a few chapters, a couple of chapters, maybe one chapter a day. If we really believe this is the Word of God, it should affect the way we live. Can I hear an amen? Should have skipped this Sunday, man. Should have come next Sunday. Second marker is our perspective towards worship. Someone who's dead to God doesn't really worship God. The only times they, they may use the name of Jesus is when something goes wrong, you know, when they hit the, their thumb with a hammer. People who are dead to God have no relationship with God, no love for God. But one of the marks of people that are alive to God, people that have been changed, one of the things they do is they worship. They love God. And they love to express their love through worship. You know, the first and greatest commandment says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul and with all your strength. People that are alive to God love to express their worship to God. And one of the most common feedback we get from people at the church is, uh, is uh, they say, oh, the music was great. Never the preaching. They say the music was great. There's just something about the music, something about the singing. Maybe you're a guest here today and you're wondering, you know, what is it about the music here? Well, it's partly because the, music, the musicians are amazing. They're just an, an amazing group of people. Can I hear an amen? Come on. We're blessed in this church. We are blessed in this church. These guys are amazing. They are amazing. But you know, that's not what makes the music great. What makes it great is that it's worship unto God. It's that the songs are directed to God. And they are an expression of our love for God. It's not about how we worship. It's about who we worship. And that's what makes the difference. It doesn't matter what we're, what we're doing. It's about, it's about who we worship. People that are alive to God love to worship. And they have, they've learned that you don't just worship in, in church. I love to worship in church with the body of Christ. There's something very special about what we do here. But they worship at home. They worship in the car. They worship at work. They worship whenever they can get a chance to do that. And you know, something happens when we worship. 
Worship is powerful. Something happens. If if you want to change an atmosphere, if you want to change your thought processes, your emotion, just begin to worship God. Just begin to glorify God. You have something called a will that can make decisions, that can override emotions, that can override thinking. And we can start to begin to worship God. You can't change what's happening. You can't change what you're feeling, but you can decide to begin to worship the Lord. And as you worship, something changes, something shifts. David said, this. He said, my life is an example to many because you have been my strength and my protection. That is why I can never stop praising you. I declare your glory all day long. Some of you say, oh, Pastor Joe, my life's been tough. My life's been tough. Hey, but you're a believer in Jesus Christ. There was a day when Christ revealed himself to you. How about worshiping him for that? Third marker is our perspective towards church. People that are dead to God don't have a lot of time for church. Church is boring, irrelevant, waste of time. Um, Others attend church, but they're never moved by a service. For them, it's just, you know, more music and can't wait till we can sit down. Man, you've got to stand up for so long. Instead, a person that's alive to God has a completely different perspective of church. They love church. They love church because in church they feel the presence of God. Whether it's through the worship, the word, the interaction, something dynamic and powerful about the church that is, that is bigger than just you and me. It's bigger than us. There's something going on here that is bigger than you and me. It's called the church and the presence of God. For them, church is powerful. When God told the people of Israel to build the temple in the Old Testament, He said, there I will be present with you and there I will meet with you and there I will speak to you. I preach most Sundays, but, but, you know, there's times when, you know, I can just go to church and just, and just listen to the sermon. I love just being in church and just downloading. And every time, you know, I hear a message, I say, before it starts, I say, Lord, speak to me today. I need a word from you today, Lord God. Just my heart is open to hear from you. And as, as you hear a word and, 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 you know, it's where God speaks. Hear the small, still voice of the Spirit. People who are alive to God, they love church. They understand that something happens deep in our spirit when we meet together. People that don't know God see the church as business and organisation. It's business. It's just business. They don't see the church for what it really is. But for those that are alive to God, they know the true power of the church. For people that, are, people that don't understand the power of church, they go, oh, these chairs are really comfortable. They must have been expensive, these chairs. I wonder who paid for the chairs. That glass at the front, woo-hoo, you know. <laughs> but the, for those of us that, that are alive to God, we love this place. It's the house of God. Why, why should we have marble tops on our kitchens and have, you know, second-rate chairs in a church? It's the house of God. It, it, it's, it's, this is the place where God dwells. Now, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I don't, you don't understand. You know, we, we just want to, We want this to represent the house of God. God is an excellent God. When he created me, he created me with excellence. Can I hear an amen? Come on. Yeah, some of you are going, not sure about that. Anyway. He created you, he created you perfectly. Why, 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 Why shouldn't the house of God reflect excellence? It's the house of God. We love this place. I've heard a lot of people say, I don't know where I'd be without the church. I'm one of those people. I don't know where I'd be without the church. All the significant things that have happened in my life have happened through the church. 
It's where I gave my life to Jesus, where I was baptized in water, baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's where I got married. It's where we presented our children to the Lord. Stock standard, week in, week out. It's been such a strength in my life. When you love the church, you know you're alive to God. Now that Mark has our perspective towards prayer, to someone who doesn't know God, prayer is something that needs to be endured. Prayer is something you need to just repeat again and again. We repeat the Lord's Prayer, but we don't even know what it says. It just, you know, we, 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 we think that when, when you're not alive to God, we think that God's impressed with just repetition. Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The kingdom come, the will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yes, they are daily bread. Deliver us forever and ever. Amen. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We just repeat. And like God, is, God, God has got a clicker in heaven. He's going, click one. All right. Click two. No, it looks if we really look if you really want that new car, I'm gonna have to have 50 of these at least. Come on, come on, another 48. Come on, click. You know, <laughs> you know that's what we think God is. Someone that's been regenerated, they know the power of prayer. That prayer is not just some some mindless mantra. Prayer is simply talking to God. It's one of the characteristics of the Christian faith that is powerful. It's that, it's that we can know God. Not only that we can know God, but that we can have a relationship with God, that we can that, that speak to Him, that we can turn to Him, that we can open up our hearts to God in our, in our time of trouble and He hears our cries. Prayer is the language that we use to speak to God. It's the wonderful hymn that says, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and grief to bear, what a privilege to carry. Everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Pastor Joe, we know all of this stuff. Come on, man, give me something else. Really? How much time did we spend in prayer today, this week? How much time did we spend talking to God? How much time did we find a, just a quiet place, just us and God? I'm not talking hours. I'm not talking about 10 minutes in a day. Just spend a, spend a bit of time and just talk to God. Talk to Jesus. Talk to Jesus. Fifth marker is that not only we can speak to God, but that God speaks to us. If you're dead to God and you hear some Christians say, God whispered to me, God spoke to me, you think something's wrong. But if you're alive to God, it's different because... We all hear God speak to us. Sometimes he speaks to us by the Holy Spirit. It's the whisper. It's a thought. It comes as a thought, but it's a different thought to all the other thoughts. There's something different about that thought. It's through his word that he speaks. It's through a message, a loved one. And, and we know that it's powerful. Maybe there's some of you that have been coming to church for a long time, but you haven't heard God speak to you for a long time. Maybe it's time to reopen up your heart to God. Say, God, you know what happened, God? I was walking this way, but it kind of feels like I'm walking this way. I, I, I don't hear it. I haven't, heard, I haven't heard you speak to me for years. Maybe, maybe it's time to reconnect with God. Another area is in the area of sin and purity. Those that are alive to God experience the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Whenever they say something they shouldn't, do something they shouldn't do, go somewhere where, you know, they, they, it's, it's going to be destructive for you. They, they can feel the tug of the Holy Spirit. They, they feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit. They hear the voice of the Spirit that says, what are you doing? Where are you going? 
Don't do that. That's, that, that's going to that's gonna mess you up. What are you doing? People who are dead to God think that God is a killjoy. They see the Bible as a book filled with do's and don'ts. It's just God wants to make us miserable. And that's certainly not true. Listen to what God says. Oh, that their hearts would be inclined to fear me and to keep all my commands so that it might go well with them and their children forever. Sometimes I think about God. I, think, I see God in heaven and I think, you know, he, he, he must have his face in his hands going, Man, I, gee, just if only they would listen. <laughs> just, here they go again. And by the way, he's, he's looking at me, all right, when he's doing that. Okay, he's not you. He's looking at me. He's going, here Joe goes again. Oh, if, oh, oh, that their hearts would just be inclined to fear me and keep my commands so that it might go well with them and their children forever. How powerful is that? difference between someone who's alive and someone who isn't is they, they have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit guides and protects. It's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. It's not condemn you doing bad again. It's not, that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's condemnation from the enemy. When's the last time you heard the conviction of the Holy Spirit? Just a gentle, it's this little gentle whisper that's beautiful. And, 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 and the Holy Spirit says, Joe, come on. We can do better than this. Come on. You're better than this. Another mark is a perspective toward relational conflict. One of the marks of people that have been regenerated is they forgive. They do their utmost to be at peace with everyone. They commit to resolving conflict, bear with one another. You know what bear means? You know, uh, I think it's in Ephesians where it says bear with one another or Colossians, one of them. Uh, he says bear with one another. It's put up with one another. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, I'll put up with them if they change. No, bear with one another means at times we... we We've just got to, we've got to bear with one another, you know. Pastor Joe, I'm bearing with the person sitting next to me. Trust me, I'm, I know what that's all about. <laughs> People that have been regenerated have a reconciling spirit. They're the ones that make the first phone call. Hey, come on, let's, let's deal with this. Sorry, 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 sorry. How powerful is that word, I'm sorry. They're the ones that can't sleep at night because of unresolved conflict. And I could go on and talk about a whole bunch of other things, that what it means to be alive to God, and you could probably add a few to that list. We could talk about hope and generosity and character and serving and humility and compassion. A person, a person who's been regenerated is a compassionate person um, whose eyes are open to what's happening around in the spiritual realm. And we all need to be careful because, you know, we, we, we can be, you know, we were working along this way and then, and then we were saved. But it's so easy to just go back to that old life. Lord, protect us. Lord, protect us. Never want to take the church for granted. Never want church to be routine. Never want the Bible just to be another book where worship is just another song. Where we no longer feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing greater than to have an active and alive faith in Jesus Christ because that's the kind of relationship that God wants us to have with him. Of course, one final marker that distinguishes those who are alive and those who are not is baptism. For someone who's dead to God, baptism is meaningless, just a, just a ritual, just a religious ritual that you've got to do and get through. For those who are alive to God, those who've opened their life to Jesus Christ, they want to get baptised. I want to get baptised. I can't wait to be baptised. I want everybody to know that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. 
In the book of Acts, Philip speaks to an Ethiopian about Jesus and, 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 and you know, they're talking about Jesus, a passage in Isaiah and the Ethiopian, is there anything that stops me from getting baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, if you believe with all of your heart, and he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, then you're a candidate to be baptized. And he was baptized on the spot. Some people think you've got to get baptized because you're perfect. Well, if we had to wait for perfection to get baptized, well, I know none of you would be baptized. You know what I'm saying? I don't mean, I don't mean to be baptized. None of us would be baptized. Come on. We get baptized because we were lost. We were dead to sin. We were far from God. We were alive in our body, but we were dead in our spirit. But God, but God, who is rich in mercy, He loved us. That even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. Can I hear an amen somewhere? But God who is rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, even though we, we turned our back on God, even though we said, I don't want to know God, he saved us by his grace. I wonder, this, there might be someone here today who's asking, well, how, how can I come alive to God? How can, how can I experience what you're talking about? How can I know this Jesus? All you need to do is open up your heart to Jesus Christ. Because the majority of us that are here, we heard a message like this. We were sitting down in the pew just like you are. And we heard someone preach a message like this. And we said, you know what? I'm tired of living my life the way that I am. There's got to be more to this. I want you to know there is more to this. I want you to know that God loves you. He created you for such a time as this. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. And if you would just open up your heart to Him, the Bible says your spirit that is dead will suddenly come alive. Suddenly, there's a spiritual realm that opens up all around you and suddenly you see the world with completely different eyes. Your life is not two-dimensional. It starts to become three-dimensional and four-dimensional. We start to see the world with completely different eyes. We start to see the world from the perspective of eternity. Well, how do I do that? Well, you need to know that Jesus loves you. You need to acknowledge that there's sin in your life. We all have sinned. The Bible says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We were all walking in a direction away from God. But then God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross. He paid the penalty for our sin. It's that sin that keeps us separate from God. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. The consequences of sin is not physical death. We're all going to die. But the word death there is separation from God. The consequences of sin is separation from God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, who died on a cross, paid the penalty for our sin. If we would believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and confess Him as our Lord and Saviour, then we can be saved. And it just, it's just a simple prayer that says, Lord Jesus, I, 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 I recognise that I'm a sinner. I thank You for dying on the cross for my sins. Be the Lord and Saviour of my life. I want to live for You want to come alive to God. And when you pray a prayer like that or a derivative of that prayer,
can experience the miracle of salvation. Your life will never be the same again. Can I hear an amen? Let's all stand together. Why is this message important? I'll tell you why this message is really important. Because it reminds us of what the church is really all about. That if you're a Christian and you've been a Christian for many years, that you are not the most important person here today. After Jesus, the most important person here today. And the most important people in the world are those that don't know Jesus Christ. Because God is in heaven and His heart is broken for those who are far from Him. And that's what the church ought to always be about. Peter says, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For the Christians here today, just a word. I know that today might be like a revision Sunday, but you know, I kind of talked about seven things, but and there could be more, but, but maybe it's time to pick one of those and say, you know what, I've kind of drifted in that one area and maybe I need to drift back. Why don't, why don't you this week make a decision to start to drift back in the other direction? Father, I just thank you for your word. Let this word come alive into our hearts. Let it bring fruit for your glory. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You have a great week in Jesus' name. Let God use you in a powerful way.